Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Souls. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, Cardinals head coaching search update. Update. All right, we're into the five o'clock hour of the Burns and Gambo show. Here is your update for the Arizona. They got a coach yet? No, they don't have a coach yet. No coach yet. (laughs) You sound so disappointed. (laughs) You really. You want coaching news to break at five o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday? That's that's think it's better suited for next week. Well, I'll just say it's there's a there's a phrase in our industry that we like to use called the Friday news dump. Yeah. Usually you wait until Friday about five o'clock in the afternoon for bad news. For bad news, right? Yeah, because bad you're, news. you're hoping that people will forget about it over the right. weekend and not think about right. it, right? Yeah. Now is now is not a premier time for word to get out about your head coach. If you're the Cardinals, you'd rather wait until Monday or Tuesday for that news to get out. No, they do not have a coach yet. But uh, in a minute or two, I'll I'll share a good story from our friend Darren Urban over at azcardinals.com in terms of kind of the timeline and maybe what to expect here. I was a little interested by that. Here's what we know. Uh, Ijiro Aviro, the defensive coordinator for the Broncos, had reportedly had his interview today. Uh, it was scheduled for today, according to Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network. So we're going to assume that it has happened, which means if Ijiro Aviro's interview went off today, uh, Frank Reich interviewed on Tuesday, Vance Joseph interviewed on Wednesday. Aaron Glenn, more on him in a moment. The Lions defensive coordinator is going to interview tomorrow. And then Ejiro Aviro today. Still waiting on Brian Flores. Request permission has been granted, but we haven't seen anything about a scheduled interview. Still, of course, waiting on Sean Payton. There's news about him, too, we'll pass along. Um, those the Permission has been granted for both of those guys, but we haven't seen anything in the way of a report in terms of a scheduled interview for Brian Flores or Sean Payton at this point, Cambo. No, I mean, I would like to interview Sean Payton. I mean, again, I'd like to find out. Just meet with as many people as you can, make that decision. I think we'll all sit there and respect it that you you interviewed as many people as possible, no matter who the hire is. Um, But, you know, Sean Payton is kind of flirted with this job a little bit. The conversations about being a ball boy and Mm -hmm. what he liked about Kyler Murray. And, you know, now maybe Sean Payton is casting his net far and wide, too, because he knows he's going to get a boatload of money and he wants to, you know, leverage offers and stuff like that. So that could be possible. Hell yeah. But, you know, a guy like that, listen. All of these, nothing against Aviro, D'Amico Ryan's. There are coaches that they could hire that we may say, okay, that's a good. We don't know. Like, we don't know. I mean, we thought Steve Wilkes was going to be a good hire, a leader of men. He was, you know, at the time when I hired Steve Wilkes, it didn't, you know, it didn't seem like a bad hire. It wasn't like. Herm Edwards at ASU, you know, you don't have a lot of information on these guys. They've never led an organization before, so it is very difficult for us to say. You can talk about his background, who he's coached with. Um, you know, Vero's coached with everybody, so you could say the things that you like, but in the end, you don't know if he can lead. Sean Payton is the one known commodity. He's the most known commodity. He's he's going to win. Like wherever he goes, he's. I don't see Sean Payton going anywhere and being fired after three years because they won five games, four games, and four games, and they blow them out. No, no, not with the money you're going to... I read a story the other day suggesting Sean Payton is asking for $25 million a year. Oh my God. Now, whether that's accurate or not, I don't know, but it was a report out of New Orleans from the, the main paper there, the Times-Picayune, suggesting that he's looking for 20 to $25 million per year. I, we thought it was like 15 to 20, but if it's if it's upwards of 
five million a year that he's looking for. Um, it's it's crazy. Now his interview with the Panthers was supposed to be, I believe, today. It has been postponed. Uh, David Tepper is the owner of the Panthers. He's also the owner of the Charlotte FC soccer team, and they had one of their players, Anton Walks, die in a boating accident, and so they postponed the interview so that Tepper and his wife could return to Charlotte following the incident, so they could be with the organizations, they could guide the organization obviously through this kind of tumultuous time. So when he interviews with the Panthers, I don't know. When he interviews with the Cardinals, I don't know. Like you, I hope it happens. There's no reason for it not to happen. You've come this far, why not go a little further? You might as well talk to him if you've asked for permission to speak with him. If you've proven to the Saints your willingness to give up what it takes to get him, you you, you might as well have that conversation. Um, The Panthers have interviewed Wilkes, Caldwell, Reich, Steichen, and Aviro. They plan to meet with Peyton, the Bills offense coordinator Ken Dorsey, and the Giants offense coordinator Mike Kafka. That's who they're planning on meeting with. But they're also dealing with a problem because uh, the owner's wife, Nicole, is uh, hasn't fulfilled the required inclusive hiring training necessary for her to take part in potential candidate interviews, which oh, she has done. Okay. So there's a story out of Carolina right now that uh, the Panthers are in violation of NFL rules during the search for a head coach because they've got somebody, you know, in the process that doesn't have the the proper requirements to be able to do it. So we'll see. I don't know if, you, you, if they lose a draft pick over it, if they get punished or it's not going to, you know, it's not going to make a coach not want to go no. there. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, not at all. But we'll just keep keep our eye on that. All right. The one name we haven't mentioned yet is D'Amico Ryans. And he's got an interview scheduled with the Arizona Cardinals. When specifically, we don't know. But I saw a report on Twitter. I think it was uh, Paul Calvisi retweeted something. And Paul Calvisi's with the Cardinals. Um that Ryan's is planning on interviewing with the Cardinals sometime before the 49ers play the Cowboys on Sunday night. Ryan's, of course, is their defensive coordinator. Today, D'Amico Ryan's did a press conference, and he was asked about doing interviews while coaching in the playoffs, and he said it's just not a problem. With everything that you do as a coach, it's, it's a lot of, you're trying to crunch a lot of things in, you're trying to, you know, really dissect a lot of information in a certain manner of time. So, time management is a very crucial, right, crucial thing to have have and I've I know how to make the main thing the main thing and the main thing this week is the Cowboys <laughs> but the other right. thing other than the main thing is going to be talking with the Cardinals at some point it, and he's a very popular candidate yeah and he's one of seven uh for the Broncos job because he he did his in-person interview with the Broncos yesterday and the Broncos have seven candidates right now so you start to go through man everybody's a lot of candidates out there so I mean the Broncos they had interviewed Harbaugh. Uh, they did interview Aviro, uh, Jim Caldwell, David Shaw from Stanford. They interviewed him. They're supposed to meet with Raheem Morris and Sean Payton, I think, uh, next week. Um, uh, yeah, or, or maybe that was last week. But, like, they've had, they've had a bunch of interviews that were, that were set up and that, that they've moved on. So, I, you know, I, I think everybody – I don't know anybody's just looking at one or two coaches. Everybody's looking – Far and wide Cast to find their wide coach. Yeah, I'm looking at a list here real quick, and I'm just doing a quick glance at it. I think, I could be wrong, I think the only two names that are on everybody's list, all five teams' list, Aviro? is Aviro and Ryan's. 
I think those are the only two. Mm -hmm. I I think there's variation among the other names and the teams. Based off of my glance at it, I think Ajiro Aviro, the Broncos defensive coordinator, and D'Amico Ryans are the only two that have something scheduled or requested with all five coaching vacancies. One other bit of news to drop on you here. Tomorrow is Aaron Glenn's interview with the Cardinals. He's the defensive coordinator of the Lions. Um, His interview is in person. That, according to Josina Anderson of CBS Sports, so he, I don't know where they're meeting, but the Lions defensive coordinator is meeting with the Cardinals in person. I imagine D'Amico Ryans might not be in person. That's just speculation. I don't know that. But I would imagine with him getting ready for the playoffs, that might be something more over Zoom. We had Dave Burkett on with us earlier today. He's beat writer who covers the Lions uh, for the Detroit Free Press. And he said, look, I, I get it. The numbers aren't great for the Lions defense, but that doesn't mean Glenn wouldn't be a good head coach. You look at the numbers, and certainly, you know, the Lions defense hasn't looked pretty either the last two years. And, and you know, Aaron certainly deserves some, some blame for that. Um, but I think everyone in that building would tell you that he's a pretty strong leader. And just like the players respond to Dan, um, you know, there's they have a certain kinship with, with Aaron, too. I mean, Aaron played, obviously, and, um, you know, had a long career and uh, you know I think maybe he deserves a little bit of credit too for getting that defense fixed. For what it's worth I referenced this story from Darren Urban the very latest the Cardinals have hired a coach kind of in this current modern era at least since they've been here in Arizona you have to go back to Vince Tobin he was oh hired God. on February 7th of 1996. Buddy Ryan was on February 3rd of 1994. Everybody else, McGinnis, Green, Wisenhunt, B.A., Wilkes, and Kingsbury was basically in effect hired by now. Uh, Wilkes was hired on the 22nd, so he's still a couple of days away. But everybody else who's been a head coach for the Cardinals has basically been hired by now, with the exception of Vince Tobin in 96 and Buddy Ryan in 94. So it, this one has the potential to be one of the longest, most drawn-out coaching searches they've had maybe in their Phoenix history. Potentially. We'll see what happens in the next couple of yeah. weeks. Yeah. Wow. Vince Tobin. Vince the Tobin. latest. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, goes, would you say that was 1996? February yeah, 7th. Yeah, because that that year that that he, he was he was the coach when they beat the Cowboys in the playoffs, right? Yes. And then they went to yes. Minnesota and lost to the Vikings. Yes. That was that was Tobin. Yes. And it was who was the kicker that was a Jackie? Chris who was Jackie. the kicker that got Chris the Jackie. big field goal? Yeah, Chris Jackie against the wow. Saints, I think. Yeah. Vince Tobin. Yeah. He's still alive too, by the way. Vince's? Vince Tobin's still alive. I, I I hadn't thought about it, but I didn't know. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Pick your level of Metallica. Single-day tickets for Metallica's M72 World Tour are on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. LiveNation.com. Why, that would be today. Uh, two nights, two different sets, no repeat weekends. Night one with Pantera on September 1st. Night two with Five Finger Death Punch on September 3rd at State Farm Stadium. When we come back, is it time for the Suns to blow things up? I don't even know what that means necessarily, but one prominent former son said, yes, it is. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Back here with you on the Burns and Gambo Show. Uh, we're live from the Auction Community Studios. Um, don't freak out or anything, but it was... Uh, 
short-lived fun with Cam Johnson. They just released the injury report for tomorrow's oh, game. No. It's just it's injury management. He's out. He won't play. Right knee injury management. So they're just they're gonna really ease him into this thing. And I, I don't think he doesn't sound like he re-injured it. It's just he's out due to right knee injury management. I think they're just being very, very, very cautious. Very cautious. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that makes that makes sense. I, I mean, and then we talked to James about it, about, you know, when we had him on, it's like, how do you how do you manage this? Like, you know, you're big. James is big on if you're available to play or available to play, but he hasn't played in a long time. Yeah, it's I, I think there's a limit to that. I, I mean, I think in general, if you're available to play, you're available to play. But when you when you've. Yeah, what have we what have we talked about now for like the last week or so? Like if they're really going to make this push, all right? If if they're they the two things have to happen. They have to get guys back and they have to keep guys back, right? They can't just right. get everybody back. Gotta they got to keep them back. They right. got to keep them back. That's yep. that's what this is part of, right? And so Very the much. the idea of, you know, hey, if you're healthy to play, you're good to go, no restrictions. That's not in theory that sounds great in practical application not so much, right? Like you've got to be careful to trust me when Devin Booker comes back. Oh, we're going to see the same thing. Guaranteed. We're going to see the same thing. He'll play and then he won't and then he'll play and then he won't. And they'll do that dance for a week or so. And then when they're sure that everything's all right, then he'll be able to play. I, I, I promise you that's what's going to happen with him, too, because keeping them back is just as important as getting them back. No, I totally believe that. I mean, I think you're right, and that's where you just you especially in the beginning. You know, for the first five games, you know, we're gonna we're gonna make sure you're okay, and we're gonna limit that, and you know, make sure you don't push it too much because you you don't want to have you don't want to have that setback, right? I didn't. I think Book had that, right? Didn't Book come back and then a setback? So you got to be careful with guys that, that you know that come back and then you know get hurt again. So I, I do think that you'll see something a little bit different than what they've done in the past with more of a management load. Yeah, probably because Book he was. That Christmas Day game. Now, yeah. you know, a lot of people think that he really wanted to come back and play on Christmas because he's. I don't know if you saw this. They released the uh, the jersey sales so far in the NBA this season. Devin Booker's eighth on the list, right? And, and, and so when you're not that that's the only metric of a guy's popularity, but that's obviously a big one. And when you're one of those guys and your team is scheduled to play on Christmas Day, you want to play. In retrospect, he probably shouldn't have played on Christmas Day. And so this is, you know, the this is kind of the new approach to that, I would imagine. Uh, Chris Paul, it's not just him, by the way. Chris Paul is questionable for tomorrow. Josh Akogi is questionable for tomorrow. Maybe they get Chris back. I don't know. They've got the Indiana Pacers tomorrow. Now, tomorrow at halftime of that game, they're going to honor... The 30th anniversary of the first, or the second, I should say, NBA Finals team, the Barkley, KJ, Marley, Chambers team. And a lot of those guys are going to be there on the floor tomorrow. Um, so with that in mind, we got to bring up, and granted, it was a couple weeks ago when he said it, but this line that Charles Barkley said about the Suns, that, that basically it's time to blow it up. It, th- those were his words. Now, again, they're old words. He said them a couple of weeks ago. My Phoenix Suns need to blow it up. The Suns are not going to win a championship. I wonder how those words resonate with a new owner that we saw last night for the first time and what his approach is going to be to all of this when he's finally able to take command of this ship. I think he's probably got, I mean, what can you do? Like, you know, I mean, that's a lot of people talk about that. What, what can he What can he do? I can authorize that you can go up in payroll by this much. Okay. 
Okay, I mean, but, it, you know, just because you say that doesn't mean that there's a player that's going to become available that you want to increase the payroll by that much. Right. So, like, I think a lot of people sit there and they, Matt Ishby is going to take over and, like, all these things are going to change. I mean, James Jones has been trying to make the team better for a while. You know, I mean, if, if, if a great trade came about, he would make the trade. I don't think there's – he would make the trade. So I just don't know that Matt Ishbia comes in. I think Matt Ishbia will – obviously, in the offseason, when they, they, they're able to settle down and, you know, have a budget for next year and talk about the salary cap and the luxury tax and where they can be and where they don't want to be and, you know, what the plan is for draft picks. Do you keep them? Do you – I mean, look, remember when Robert Sarver took over the team? They, they sold all their draft picks. Mike Dinto. He didn't want them. <laughs> he right. told him, I'm not going to play those players. Get rid of the picks. So every pick was sold. So I do, I do question, and I wonder how much of an impact he can have by the trade deadline. I mean, what, what, what can he say? Like, you know, I, I authorize you to trade draft picks. Okay, well, I think James was already willing to do that if the right trade came about. Yeah. So I just, it's just a matter of I don't, I don't know that Matt Ishbia taking over means all of a sudden three magical trades are going to pop up that weren't available no, like today. No, I, I, I tend to think. I mean, first of all, to, to Charles Barkley's point about blowing it up, I, I, you know, I'm not even sure what that means necessarily. I, I think you're talking about five guys that are like at the core of what you're about. If you're the Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker's not going anywhere. I find it highly unlikely Mikel Bridges is going anywhere. I think you're talking about Chris Paul and sort of his contract moving forward and what do you want to do with Chris. And I think Chris will dictate a lot of that with how he plays the rest of the season when he comes back. I think you're talking about Eaton, who you had said earlier in the show, it's highly unlikely DeAndre Eaton is going to get traded before the end of this season, right? You had mentioned that a couple of hours right. ago. He's not getting traded. Yeah. DeAndre Eaton's not getting traded. Now, at the, at the end of the season, he certainly might because then that, his ability to to restrict a trade, it's gone. You know, you can trade him now and you don't need his permission to sign off on it anymore. I don't know who's going to want him, but but somebody might. And then Cam Johnson, the decision you're going to have to make there. Um, that's it's a hard one. That is a very hard one. It's a hard one because yeah. of the games missed and the injuries. And the, it's a nice player. You like him a whole lot, but you have to factor in the injuries when deciding how much you no want doubt. to pay him. I think that's why the deal hasn't got done yet. But if we're talking about what blowing it up looks like, for, I, and I, I don't think that's the right phrase to use. But you do have big decisions on three of your five core guys this offseason. I'm not talking about the trade deadline. I'm talking about the offseason. You have one on Chris. You have one on Cam. Johnson, and you have one on DeAndre Ayton. You'll kind of have to figure out what you want to do with those moving forward and how they fit into your long-term vision. As far as Ishbia goes, I don't expect him to have much of an impact on this team before the trade deadline. I'm thinking more in the offseason. Right. When he has a chance, what what's his vision? What's, what's, what's he see? What does he want them to do? How much is he willing to go into the luxury tax? How aggressive does he want to be? Those are I think those are all more end-of-season questions than they are mid-season questions, because I just don't know if there's going to be enough time for him to take the helm of this thing in 20 days. Right, and that's why it's like, okay, you see him at the game last night, people get excited, I get it, you know, and I think that new owner's going to want to come in, he's going to want to win right away, he's going to spend money, I mean, even when Robert Sarver came in, it was a lot of money spent right away, there was, I mean, the only guy that didn't get signed was Joe Johnson, but a lot of other guys did, so it was like the excitement of, let's try to win, you know, and so I do think Matt Ishby is going to come in, and there is going to be, you know, more purse strings for James Jones to be able to, you know, to pull, to try to spend more money, and there may be a little more leeway and things like that. 
that uh, available to him. And uh, maybe Matt comes in and says, listen, I want to win right now. So I'm, I'm good with trading all the draft picks. We can get the right guy. But I do think, like I said, I think James Jones was willing to do that if they could have got Kevin Durant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's too. what changes. Matt Ishbia would have traded all the draft picks for Kevin Durant. Well, so would Robert Sarver. So it, that doesn't change anything. So I, I am curious to see how it, how it plays out when the new owner comes in. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You will not miss any of our shows. The Burns and Gambo Show brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams, Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. The NFL playoffs are back this weekend. We deep dive into the NFC next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo, presented by 72 Sold, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, let's go get it. The Friday before the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, four games on tap starting tomorrow afternoon when the Chiefs take on the Jags, followed by the Eagles and the Giants. Then on Sunday, it's the Bengals and the Bills, the Cowboys and the 49ers. We've got to spread out over the next couple of segments. This segment, we will focus in on the NFC games, probably mostly because the NFC games, both of them, I think, have a chance to be really good games. I don't think you can say that about the AFC. Chiefs-Jags looks like kind of a mismatch. But I think, Gambo, the Eagles and the Giants, why well, I know you think this because you've got two upsets, that the Eagles and the Giants and the Cowboys and the Niners both have the potential to be very, very good football games this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I really do. I mean, the you know the Giants and the thing that they've got to do is not let that 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 pass rush of the Eagles get them. I mean, it's that, that that team had seventy sacks. They're they're really hard to block. I mean, uh, that led the league. That's the third most in NFL history, right? The Bears in eighty four, that great team, and then the Vikings in eighty nine. Uh, the Bears had seventy two. The Vikings had seventy one. Eagles had seventy. So they get to the quarterback as good as anybody. Waves of pressure with Hassan. Reddick, the former Cardinal, and Josh Sweat, and Brandon Graham, and uh, Javon Hargrave, and Fletcher Cox, and, and more guys. So they're a tough team. Remember, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. They're the first team in NFL history with four players that had 10-plus sacks in a season. Mm-hmm. Four guys. Hassan had 16. Sweat had 11. Hargrave had 11. Graham had 11. Four guys with 10-plus sacks. So, And, and they, they were the only team with five players that, that had 35-plus quarterback pressures. So that's where you really – the Giants. The Giants' offensive line has been better this year. But that's where you really got to worry. Because if Philly gets that type of pressure on Daniel Jones, then that changes the whole complex of the game. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, it this, this, there's so many different ways to talk about this Eagles-Giants game. That's certainly one – that's a big one to look at. I mean, I think if you're really looking at it from the big-picture view, a lot of this is, you know, do you believe in the team that's playing well now or do you believe in the team that's been playing well all season? You know, the body of work or just the last month? Because the body of work clearly favors the Eagles. The yeah. last month clearly favors the Giants. I mean, that, that, that's kind of, and that's why this game, I think, has the potential to be good because they, with the Eagles, Jalen Hurts in the shoulder. How, how actually does he he feel going into this game there's an awful lot that rides on the answer to that question from philly standpoint totally totally i mean that's you know that's the big question that's why some people like the giants because it's hard to look at jalen hurts and say okay he's you know he's good to go i mean he's look the, again the eagles are better they're better in every phase of the game they're better and even you look at the quarterbacks jalen hurts or daniel jones jalen hurts is better 
You know, they played each other twice. The Eagles have outscored them 70 to 38. They blew the Giants out twice. And one of the games was a little bit closer, but it was 19 to 3 midway through the fourth quarter before it became a close game. So some people point to the 2 and 0, you know, when you're 2 and 0 against the team, or if you're 0 and 2 against the team, you come back to win that third game about 37% of the time. So some people like that that stat. But here's the thing about Jalen Hurts and this is why it's, you know, I if, you know, my heart's saying the Giants. It's he's only played one game over the last month. Yeah. And he didn't play that well in that game. Yep. So they they, you know, they haven't had their A game in a little while to the point where we thought they were a lock for the NFC East and then you're like man this is really coming down to the final game of the season yeah, yeah. they had to you know they had to win and then and then the onus becomes on the Giants defense to take advantage of that if Jalen Hurts is indeed limited and of course last weekend you know Dexter Lawrence was great Leonard Williams was great Kayvon Thibodeau was great um, but overall again if you're looking at the whole season New York's run defense was terrible the, the Eagles are totally poised to take advantage of that, um, and so it's was it last weekend or was it all season? We'll see. Now the other NFC game, and this we fast forward to Sunday. Now the Cowboys and the 49ers, This might be my favorite matchup of the weekend, only because I if there's a defense out there that's going to reveal to us whether Brock Purdy can really do this or not. I feel like it's Dallas's defense. Like this is this is the one where okay, if you can do what you've been doing against them and the way they pressure and the way they get after it, you might be able to win a Super Bowl in San Francisco with Mr. Irrelevant, your third string quarterback because that, this I think presents the toughest test he's had since he's since he's been a starting quarterback for the 49ers. Look, I'm having a hard time with this one because I, I did want to pick the 49ers. I was picking the 49ers all along. I'm taking the Cowboys in this game. The 49ers were 7 no against the NFC West. The NFC West was terrible. The Rams, the Cardinals, Seattle. Um, it wasn't very good. There was seven and four against everyone else. And then you then you get to these, you know, rookie quarterbacks, you know, and only four rookie quarterbacks have ever made it to the conference title game. Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Flacco, Mark Sanchez, Sean King. Four guys have ever made it to the conference title game that were rookies. Um, both teams have explosive offenses. They're the two highest scoring teams in the NFL after week seven. And both teams have really good defenses. They're both ranking the top five for fewest points allowed. So I don't know if it's going to be an offensive game or a defensive game or I'm not sure. I mean, I love, I mean, since the Niners traded for McCaffrey, you know, he's been great since Stack returned from injury. It's helped them. This is a really hard game to pick, but I like something you said earlier and that could lead people to like the 49ers. The 49ers have two extra days of rest compared to Dallas. Yeah. That's a big reason why I'm on the Niners. On this one, I, I think this time of year that's really going to matter. I mean, not, I, it's it's and is it unfair the way the schedule works out? Yeah, but to the you know the victor go the spoils. I guess the 49ers played on Saturday, and the Dallas Cowboys played on Monday, and, and so that there there is an extra. And everyone's downplaying it. Kyle Shanahan's downplaying it. Jerry Jones has downplayed it. Nobody wants to make it that big of a deal. You know, obviously TV kind of dictates these schedules and what matchups they want and certain windows and things like that. And that's going to drive a lot of this. I think that is a big advantage for the 49ers. And I just, I think, I think the 49ers are so good everywhere, defensively, offensively. The one soft spot is the quarterback, and he's been so money 
Dallas has got to get to them. They've got to rattle them. They've got to confuse them. They have to expose them. And if none of that stuff happens, they ain't beating San Francisco when they've got two days less rest. What were you going to say? One more thing. The kicker. Oh, yeah. They didn't change him. Nope. Nope. They stuck with a guy who's got the yips. They brought in somebody else during the week, but it sounds like Mara's going to be the guy. Who's and and that's and they brought in Triskin Tristan Viscaino like and put him on the practice squad, but yeah they they kept the kicker with the yips and like is he still the guy? I think he's still the guy. I haven't seen anything again. I was I out seen, of it. No, yesterday. I just I know they brought in another name um, and I, they put him on the practice squad, but I haven't seen yeah. anything that suggests Maher is not going to be the the kicker for the Cowboys. And so he's been one of the best kickers in the NFL all year. So they're he like has the yips. I know, I know, they're, and he missed four extra points last week mm-hmm. so like them. if it comes down to is he going to miss extra points again if this is a close game i mean that's so that's just another you know that's another thing if you like the 49ers that's another thing to look at the countdown to super bowl 57 has begun and bud light FanDuel, and arizona sports want you to be there in person so text the word super to 620 620 register listen for your name starting february 6th and you could score a pair of tickets to the super bowl Plus, you'll win tickets to the following events as well. The FanDuel Party, the Bud Light Music Fest, the Super Bowl Experience. Text the word SUPER to 620-620. It is all access. It's presented by Bud Light and FanDuel, and you could end up at the Super Bowl. We'll preview the AFC when we come back, plus a report that just crossed our desk a moment ago. Maybe Thailand is starting to grow on Cliff Kingsbury. We have a new report to share with you today, and we'll do that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? Nothing. Nothing's on tonight. Nothing. No local teams on tonight. Hmm. Nothing. Busy day tomorrow. UCLA at Arizona at noon. Coyotes Ooh. at the Stars. Yeah, right. Gambo's <laughs> like, oh, man. run to the remote control, Gambo. The U of A ears perking Pavlov's uh, dog. As, Gambo, soon, yeah. as soon as you say Arizona basketball, Gambo yeah. just like, yeah. Uh, tomorrow, you, tomorrow will be good for me, man. I need the distractions of, of having other things to do after the, the passing of our beloved Armani. So that'll be a good day with all those sports going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. UCLA versus Arizona tomorrow. Coyote Stars tomorrow. Pacers Suns tomorrow at 7. Uh, if you just tuned in or you're just catching us right now, Cam Johnson in what is being classified as injury management uh, will not play tomorrow against Indiana. Uh, I, I got to imagine that was part of the plan all along to really kind of ease him back into things. Uh, and then USC is at ASU tomorrow at 8 o'clock, and that becomes a very big game for ASU to not let, basically not let UCLA beat him twice, right? Like that was, you, you, you had a two-point lead with about six minutes to go. UCLA goes on a 16-2 run the rest of the game. Uh, and that's a tough loss at home, but it's one that you can overcome as long as you beat USC tomorrow. And then, of course, there's NFL football on all week. You got the two games tomorrow. You got the two games on Sunday. Before uh, Gambo, we... So tonight, watch whatever you'd like to watch tonight. Um, before we get into the AFC real quick, this is Jordan Schultz. 
insider. He was on the Pat McAfee show earlier today. And just a, a quick update on what's going on with Cliff Kingsbury. I talked to him for about 30 minutes a couple days ago just to see not only the Thailand element, which is dope, but also what's next and what does he want to do? And what I gather was there's no question that Cliff Kingsbury wants to coach again, specifically in the NFL, not in college. But he's trying to figure out right now his, his options. Does it mean sitting out a year and coming back at 24? Or does he want to just come back at 23 while the iron's hot? And that's the big decision he has to make. But there's no question that he wants to coach in the NFL again. Okay, now I know you've mentioned that part about the college before, about not wanting to go to college. I keep thinking to myself, Cliff Kingsbury, yeah, he's got all the money in the world and he's in Thailand and he could he could not coach. He, he could not do a thing for the rest of his life if he chose not to. There Some are, of the offensive coordinated jobs. That's, that's exactly it. There's there so many. Third Team potentially offensive coordinator jobs that are going to be out there. If you might, not that you have to go take one of them now, but man, you might not have an opportunity like this again a year from now. That's a that's like half the league that's looking for an OC right, right. now. Yeah, you might be like you could wait it out, have five offensive coordinators hired, and there's six, seven, and it's still going to be a job for you if you want it. Look, he's not going back to college. That's what I've been told by the people close to him. He has no desire to go back to college and go through the NIL and the recruiting and waiting for your phone to ring every 10 minutes, and it's not what he wants to do. Um, he's going to get paid for the Cardinals, as we've reported several times. It's a fully guaranteed contract, so he's going to get paid the next four years, and maybe it's a lump sum, or I don't know how it works out, but he's going to get that money. So now you got to decide if you have the passion for it or not. And if you do have the passion for it, you go coach. And if you want to take a year off, you take a year off and then see if anybody wants to hire you. I think he might be able to get an offensive coordinator's job, but the question is, does he want it? Yeah, does he want it? Because he doesn't He doesn't need it. It's just a question of whether he wants it, and that's why, again, Jordan Schultz said, Cliff told me he just isn't sure what he wants to do. I asked him, I said, how much, how long are you going to stay? And he said, I don't know. I don't really have anything to do. And the weird part is, this is the first time in my life, remember, he's a son of a football coach. He obviously played in the NFL. His whole life has been football. It's the first time in my life that I haven't had anything to do when it comes to being a quarterback or being a coach. And I think that's strange for him and there is some anxiety or stress there not knowing exactly what your next move is but the opportunity for him to get away from it all and go to Thailand was I guess too good to pass up okay that's where I'm going to throw the BS flag how much stress and anxiety can there be when you've got 30 million dollars and you don't have to do a thing and you're hanging out in Bangkok Thailand right now right like I keep saying I gotta be honest with you I mean and I love to travel you know that I love to travel I've never bought a one way ticket anywhere (laughs) it's a good that's goal. Life goals. That's a life goal. Is that, is that a hashtag What's life goal to buy a life one-way goal, ticket to buy somewhere? A t- to buy a one-way ticket somewhere with no idea when you're going to come back. And you come back when you want to come back. A week, two weeks, a month, a year, two years, never. Like, you you don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I've never once bought a one-way. I would love to buy a one-way ticket. I mean, would be, how much fun would that be? That would be fun. It would be a lot of fun. You know what I'm going to Do you plan vacation? on returning? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. It's, it's, we'll just see. We'll just see. So I, I, I get that he's probably weighing his coaching future, knowing that there's an opportunity for him maybe to be an OC this year, but I, I really highly doubt he's stressed about it. Um, it. It's just not you know stressed in the way that others are stressed right now when it comes to their employment. Uh, I, I can't I can't imagine he's really worried about it. So we'll see. Uh, AFC. We talked about the NFC in the last. We only got a couple minutes left in the show. Uh, we talked about the NFC playoffs in the last segment of the show. You've got upset city in the NFC. You've got both the Giants and the Cowboys winning. I'm going chalk. My upset in this one is the Bengals beating the Bills. You think the Bengals 
Bengals offensive line. Just too many question marks with three of them out for this for this game coming up this weekend. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I do. Um, and look, I mean, really, the first meeting that you know, a real meeting where they played each other, because obviously the other game was was canceled. Um, Burrow does extremely well once he get out of out of his division. When he's not playing the Browns and the Steelers and the Ravens, he's he's nine and one and twenty three touchdowns and three interceptions. I mean, what's not to like about the kid? I mean, he's great. Um, and even it, look, even if you go back and you look at the the small sample size of Burrow against the Bills in in that game, the Demar Hamlin game. Mm-hmm. He was four for four for fifty two yards and a touchdown. So they were off to a really good start offensively. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. His quarterback rating was one fifty eight point three. He was really, really good. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I like, but I still, I'll take the Bills. All right, I got the Bengals, and we both have the Chiefs. Obviously, that's going to do it for us. We are out of here. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you Monday, straight up two o'clock here on Burns and Gambo. <laughs> have a great night, everyone. You still here? It's over. Go home. Go.